episode 339, WandaVision Season 1, Episode 9, Series Finale. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of its different forms, including Disney Plus streaming stuff that is just amazing. I am here with two amazing people, though. They are Stuart and Samantha. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to make a quip about Netflix, but now I'm not going to, because yeah. that was so nice, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I am sorry to have ruined your plans, but no, I am not sorry to have ruined your plans. <laughs> I want to hear the quip. It was just like, oh, and Netflix, I don't know, but we, not we, Netflix or something like that. We didn't that. finish I, Netflix, but we covered Netflix. I mean, it's it's been covered did. in, Yeah. Yeah. And we will cover more in the future if Disney Plus ever lets up. <laughs> Which they're not likely to anytime soon. They're, yeah, we are not going to have much downtime. We did take a week off and mm-hmm. there's a lot going on right now. Just some behind the scenes stuff of what's going on right now for us. Uh, I've moved into a new house that has finally gone through. Um, and so just Bear with us if there's uh, the noise of, say, I don't know, a train going by with its loud horn or an Amish buggy going by with a loud clippity-cloppity or (laughs) big trucks because we are near a factory. Uh, I'm podcasting just in my bedroom right now, and I will be creating a podcast um, area in our closet, which is a very big closet. We'll have room for our clothes and for a desk. And we will try and um, do some soundproofing stuff and some cool stuff to make it a cool podcasting area for me and also a place to store my comic books. But that's in the future, hopefully the near future. It may not be for next episode when we talk about the first Falcon and Winter Soldier, but hopefully soon, hopefully soon. And by the way, for you who are Patreon supporters of the podcast, uh, you have you will be helping to do that because we'll definitely be drawing on some of that money to do some of the soundproofing and stuff. So, but you might not need to do that much soundproofing because if you're putting, if you're going to be hanging your clothes up there, that's going to help. That is going to help with the sound absorbing from the ambient echo of Mm -hmm. the, of the room, the train. I'm not so sure. So just to give you context, we bought an old church and uh, it's, well, it's not a cathedral, no stained glass windows or anything like that, but it is a small town Protestant church. So it's an awesome cinder block building. It's solid. When trains go by, it does not shake. Our backyard is a 12 space parking lot. <laughs> so we moved from having just a little bit of space on the street in front of our house to having these 12 spaces. Uh, and then there is a road 
and then there's a strip of grass, and then there is the train tracks. So it's really, really close. Um, yeah, so we're going to test it out. You know, I'm not going to start spending money until I really know what I need to do. But um, if I can get away with it, Samantha, definitely. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> That's Okay. Yeah. So we yeah, we shall see. I've known radio personalities because of the pandemic. A lot of radio personalities are now broadcasting from home. And a lot of them are, they've set up desks in their walk-in closets um, if they can. And just because of the hanging clothes, they don't need to add any more soundproofing. Um, In your situation, yeah, you may need to add a little bit more. Um, Is this walk-in closet a a, uh, interior room without any windows? It is. It is. But it does have an as one small wall that is an exterior wall. Uh, okay. So there's that. And then, um, yeah. Now, a lot of times you can just create a podcasting area just by hanging blankets even. Like you can go into a normal closet and just put blankets on the wall and that's going to have enough texture to absorb the sound waves and uh, take care of the echo for you. Um, but in this case, I'm just not sure. And there's like, there's soundproofing, which is, to soundproof from what's outside coming in and s- clothes can do that too. Uh, but there, then there's sound absorbing that you want to do on the inside of your, of your area. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so what you're not proposing with our good Patreon supporters funds is rerouting the railroad to say the next town over like Woolerton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am definitely not suggesting that we're okay. trying to do that. I just want to make yeah. sure that <laughs> yeah. that is clear. You know, we're trying to be transparent in our um in our in our dealings with the Patreon subscribers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say is I have a new appreciation for the scheduling of these trains because we have trains going by like every 20 minutes, every half mm-hmm. hour or whatever. And it's amazing that they're able to keep them going. I mean, it's just a couple sets of train tracks out there. But they, there's just this constant movement. In fact, I think I hear a horn of a train right now. I do. I oh, do. I a train is coming right now. And so um, for some of these, we will stop recording and edit. Uh, but for this one, since we're talking about it, I think we'll just leave it in. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. What, what I find fascinating, and I had to deal with this in Portland, um, is that the train tracks, especially in Portland, and specifically one bridge were controlled by a hub in Kansas City. So the hub in Kansas City had the ability to stop traffic at this bridge in Portland, Oregon. Well, here's another really interesting tidbit, and then we'll talk about this episode. Uh, there are what? some places around the world. Um, I think there was one, and it was I think it was in Japan, but I'm not sure, uh, where they were running their train tracking software using Flash. And when Flash, <laughs> when Adobe took Flash down and stopped providing support for it, they weren't able to. They had to go and get a uh, bootleg version of an older version of Flash and run that offline so that they could continue running the trains. But the trains were shut down in at least one place that I was reading about. The trains were shut down for almost a day because they didn't know that the support for flash was going away and not just the support for flash, but flash itself was going away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I am. That's kind of cool. I mean, like, I believe you absolutely, but here's the thing. I get told flash is going to be disabled on my computer every 10 seconds. So really guys, 
Really? My guess is they have this thing just running off in the corner and, and they, they, you know, someone gets on there to maybe make an adjustment to the schedule. And then, yeah, that's my guess. So would you like to play a game about <laughs> train simulator? Yeah. yeah. So moment of silence for flash. <laughs> Rest in peace. You were so fine. Stuart, yeah. You might, Stuart, you might be able to stop the notifications by uninstalling Flash, because I did that, and I have not seen a notification for it since. Here's the thing, though. Flash isn't installed on this computer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am joking. I would take the necessary steps, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I, you get told Flash is going on. I mean, yeah. I absolutely believe that it was some some machine over in the corner that nobody looked at. In all honesty, it's probably playing Train Simulator 2. So let's talk about yeah. another yes. machine. WandaVision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another machine who's not just sitting in the corner, Ooh, but is actually doing some segue, stuff. Good segue, Ben. Good segue. Yeah. Unfortunately, that segue was so good that we can't edit this conversation out now, but I think we can move oh, forward. Let's move yeah. forward. <laughs> keep moving, it. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so this is the season finale of WandaVision, and I believe that it really is the season finale. Like, they're not going to come back and do another WandaVision show unfortunately but that's kind of what we were expecting because we weren't sure what to expect to what was going to happen to vision so and you believe it's a series finale that's right wasn't it called series finale did i call it season finale yes i thought it's season finale i In think the it's episode called... is titled season finale is it okay yeah, yeah. i do believe just... it is series finale I do. Yeah, but the way they, they left it in one of the um after credits i thought maybe we may have another season in the future like well, maybe I, I think I that know. after credit was actually pointing to doctor strange too it, it, yeah it depends on, on what happens in yeah. doctor strange um i mean they could they could do wandavision again because there is a an android flying around out there calling himself vision but he's the third vision that we've gotten and he's pieces of one pieces of the other it's the whole ship of theseus thing which is amazing i love that whole conversation that battle and mm -hmm. that's so cool so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of make sure that your most important notes get uh, tackled and and addressed but i think we might just go through characters and kind of walk through the different characters walk through their arcs walk through what we liked and didn't like about them and I think that would allow us to cover most everything. This this episode, there's so much going on. So much going on that we definitely are not going to be able to cover everything. And I also apologize if anyone sent us feedback that we don't cover. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm pretty scattered here. And so there's a lot of stuff going on as far as like me just trying to pull things together. So I do apologize if we miss any feedback. I'm not even sure if we'll get to feedback with this episode, but, um, real life guys, it's just real life. <laughs> yeah. And it's been crazy. It's been crazy. I've appreciated yeah. that we had space to do this, but I had to watch this episode. I had to get up early, watch the episode so I could go back to sleep just a little bit and then get up and meet the moving team. So, yeah, it was, and, and my kids, you know, it was a few days before they were able to see it because of all the stuff that was going on around here. Um, but I'm like, I know we're moving today. That's the day we started moving. We had the, my friend with the trailer coming 
And I'm just like, I'm not missing this. I am <laughs> not missing this. Uh, but I did know that recording was going to not happen for a little while because of that. So, so by chance I was up because my dog woke me up at, at around two and I could not get back to sleep. So I ended up watching it as soon as the clock turned to 4 a.m. Um, were you watching it about the same time I was? No, I don't think it was that early. Okay. No. Okay. So you did get my message about the, the, you know, stick, stay until the international credits begin. Yes. Okay, good. So I, I, I was, cause I set my alarm for three and or two thirty and got up and waited kind of huddled under the covers, but still had the laptop up ready to go, ready to press play when it happened. Cause I wasn't going to be the last person to watch this one. So Ben again, sounds like he was the last one to watch this one, but still we all got up we we all happened to be up really early to watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was worth it. You know, I mean, uh-huh. yeah. I'm, I'm just going to start there. Let's, let's start there. Let's not bury the lead. You know, let's just jump into it. This was a fantastic finale. I feel mm-hmm. like they were able to do almost deliver on almost everything that they promised they were going to deliver on. The one exception would be, I don't necessarily know if they really paid off the thematic value of the TV stuff that they did earlier, because there was so much else going on. The TV stuff was barely even referred to in this episode. I, I think I, we're past it at this point. I was just going to say that. I think we paid that off in the, in the, 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 if you look at this as like a two part season finale, right. Which is what it is. You know, it's not, it's not best of both worlds for sure, but it's definitely sort of two parts of, of one. I feel like they did pay it off in the first half of this episode. You mean when they showed the DVD collection that she shouldn't have had? Yeah, yeah. I I don't see that as a payoff. I see that as, hey, we're going to explain what, where her idea came from. But I feel like there needed to be a little bit more explanation about why specifically did she choose that. And well, there was let's... nothing. There was There was no lip service to that at all other than Agatha talking about you created this world. Let's just put a pin in the idea that we're going to disagree on what was paid off and what wasn't. I agree with Stuart. I, I she may not have said it, but in that flashback in the in the previously on episode, I, I the scene with her at home having movie night with her family to watch these shows. I feel like that's the uh, because that was a place of comfort for Wanda. I feel like that's what inspired her to do the TV theme uh, for this. But they don't come back to that. Like the whole idea of the place of comfort, they refer to it in that flashback and then they don't refer to it later at all. Like it's just, it's just lost. It's, it's to me, there's so much thematic richness going on in this whole series that for them to just choose to not dive into that thematic richness I feel like there's a real lost opportunity in this final episode to refer back to it and to kind of deconstruct what was going on with her. Instead, we get the big Marvel movie. And and that was fun, too. 
you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'm just saying this is like the the one thing for me is like, oh, they could have, maybe they should have. Um, but like I said, everything else, it, it's just really, really well done. And this again, like last episode, scripting, well done. Acting, well done. Direction, well done. Special effects, well done. And also wrapping up every single character's character arc, like from from Hayward down to Jimmy Woo to Vision to other Vision to Agatha, even a little bit. I have thoughts about Monica. We'll get to that when we talk about Monica. One thing I will say, I it was really interesting to see where all of the fan theories played out. And we'll talk about one specifically, I'm sure, guys. Um, but you – and then sort of to read um, the creator's responses to some of those. You had to meet this show where it was, mainly because of when it was produced, right? It was produced a long time ago. It took a long time in post. It was waiting to be released. It got released first when it should have gotten released third, blah, 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 blah. And so I kind of feel like what was great – well, I definitely feel like what was great about this show was the online community. When was the last time you got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch a TV show? Oh, by the way, never for me, right? So the idea that we're getting up super early, we're diving into all this, we're you know looking back at all these comics, I think that's the best part about this whole, about this whole thing. And I think it may have run away with it a little bit too much. I think the creators kind of went, oh, we opened a Pandora's box, right? But it was still fun, and nobody's holding them to task. And so uh, – you know, I've it, seen some people holding them to task, unfortunately. Well, those are – everybody's going to hold them to task some at some point in time. What I'm saying is it, overall, I think there was a general like, oh, you guys did a good job type of thing. And I like that. Over overall, yeah. there was there was some anger about um, Evan Peters, and when I'm not sure when the Strangers and Aliens episode we did about WandaVision is going to go up. Uh, it was weird that episode because there was a lot of negative reaction to the whole the the show. Um, between on my, Strangers and Aliens, on Strangers and Aliens, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, but one of them was just the Evan Peters thing. It, just it was ridiculous and stupid. Why would they even bring him in? You know, and it was stupid for them to do it. And I'm just thinking, no, it was brilliant. <laughs> like, well, to me, man. that was brilliant that they did that. It has subver- subverted expectations and really did get into that whole guest star thing. You know, like we're going to bring in the guest star who has a a tie in to some, you know, some of the people, other people you're seeing on screen. And to me, it worked so well, but I do know that there's some people who've had some very, very strong, strong reactions that this was not the multiverse, that this was not opening, you know, mutants and X-Men and, and the disappointment with that the air, the uh, astrophysicist was not Reed Richards. You know, even though there was nothing in the show to suggest it was. So can we, are we launching into Evan Peters now? Cause sure. Let's start there with as far as okay. characters well, okay. go. Yeah. Let's start so, with Pietro. 
Okay, so I don't mind so much losing the twenty four seventy five. I am still keeping that quarter from uh, Agatha. <laughs> the imaginary money. Um, yeah, the imaginary. I bet, don't mind yeah. losing. Yeah, what really ticked me off about this, and I think it's because I was half prepared because you had your doubts, Ben, and that's okay with me. What bothered me was the fake name that they chose for Ralph. By the way, Ralph, Agnes's husband, turns out to actually be this the character that Evan Peters was truly playing, but Ralph Balls, was that his name? Boner. Boner. Ralph Boner, which that is sounds, kid, that sounds like a joke that Joss Whedon wrote, or not even. Well, you know what? Not even Joss Whedon. The showrunner like that a teenager wrote, and it was just the showrunner was, was uh, a guest star on Growing Pains, and also yep. was a supporting character in a Growing Pains spinoff. I believe just the mm-hmm. ten of us, and there is the next door neighbor, the goofy next door neighbor. You know the the Skippy from Family Ties, so to speak. His name was Boner. That was that was Kirk Cameron's best friend on on Growing Pains, uh-huh. and so that was a little bit of a tie into that. Um, it made me think. Now I, I'm probably wrong because they've said that the the missing person that Jimmy Woo was checking in on is going to be revealed in something coming in the future. It made me wonder, like, was he the missing person? Because he's laughing at his name as if he heard it, not just for, not for the first time, but he's laughing at his name like, ha that's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, Beavis and Butthead kind of a laugh kind of thing. Um, because most people who have a name like that are probably not going to laugh at their own name unless they're laughing at the reaction from the other person that they've told the name to. So it could be that he's laughing because he's laughing at her reaction to, to the name. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm still just not buying that name. I mean, even though that there is a historical background, it just sounded really immature. And it, it, it was just, it really took me out of the series for a moment there. That's what really bothers me. It is immature. Just the name. It is immature. Yeah. It is a real name. It uh, is. Yeah. And, but, it, but it is, yeah, it's absolutely immature, but I, I feel like with the context, it's not just a, a Joss Whedon joke. But I, that context wasn't clearly given. And so I missed that because I I totally, I cannot tell you the last name of even the Growing Pains family. So, um, Seaver. Is it, oh, yeah, that's right. The Seavers. Okay. Um, like I said, I was really young when this went off, the, when that show went off the air. I do remember that Leo DiCaprio was on that show for yes, a while. Yes, he was. Back to the actual. Uh, situation with with him um he is not the only thing that got people excited about that got people thinking oh they're introducing fantastic four they're introducing x-men they're introducing mutants i mean we talked about could these boys be the first mutants that we're seeing in the mcu the answer no because not even real maybe <laughs> right. the post credit it kind of makes you wonder like what's what is going on with them uh but they're not they're not mutants in the sense that it's it's wanda's children who were born with this latent mutant power mm-hmm. um they were created out of her own chaos magic which mm-hmm. is creation magic and okay 
as the most proponent of the mutant and or Pietro, Pietro, whatever thing, I, I, I came to a realization that you had to meet this show where it was. You, because it, it was all recreated already in the can, there was no like course correction halfway through. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they, the showrunners were going to be like, oh, that kid, Urkel, is fantastic. So let's cast him a whole bunch. I mean, like they, they knew what show they were writing long before it was finished. Right. And that I applied. Um, I would have rather him been him have been Evan Peters. Nate, call him Evan Peters. Like just just do that. Like that's a better joke. Yeah, Samantha, I agree with you. The the boner that's kind of a bad like it's a long way for a for a mm-hmm joke, right? Mm-hmm. But I get it. At the same time, it, it feels a little cheated. But does it is it really cheated? I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a um there was an opportunity that was missed to create something with a lot more hooks to be tied into. But at the same time, I get it. They weren't going after that. So it works. I'll yeah, say it works. It still because- feels like a missed opportunity to introduce the X-Men. Except it's not because the missed opportunity, like you, you can call it a missed opportunity, but they have a plan for the X-Men, mm-hmm. you know? And so we can, we can call anything a missed opportunity for them. You know, they didn't introduce it in Spider-Man, but it's a multiverse, you know, whatever comes with Spider-Man three. Um, but they're, they've got a plan and, and, okay. and this, the plan was not, Hey, let's make it be a minor part of a TV show that is micro focused on Wanda and her grief. See, that's the other mm-hmm. thing is all this other stuff did pull, did pull focus from the Wanda grief stuff. And so the commercials, which are just supposed to be kind of these emotional outpourings from her psyche, according to the, the, the creators of the show become infinity stones, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, so like every little thing is being micro analyzed, but the bigger stuff, the important stuff, the character beats, the, the, the grief that she's going through and, and all of this uh, is getting lost in the shuffle from all the fan theories. Yeah. Do you believe Ben, do you believe and Samantha? Cause you're, you're on the show too. Do you think that is, was detrimental to the show? No, no. This is why I, I appreciate it so much is that, oh, oh do you, you mean the fan theories or do you mean yeah. the micro focus? The, well, the, 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 the fans losing focus on Wanda and her grief um, and so micro focusing on, oh, did you see the red dot on the, uh, the stereo in the one up ep- the one scene? Or do you notice that, that the Hydra symbol was on the guy's watch? You know, I think that the only detriment going on there was that people were, some people were missing out on, you know, what I call that thematic richness. Mm-hmm. And, and we're missing out on some of the incredible television that was happening because 
you know, they, it was the forest for the trees. You know, they're looking mm-hmm. at branches on trees and all these branches together made this wonderful, beautiful forest. What I, what I really appreciate from this show was the, was it's almost experimental take on creating a miniseries show in, you know, 2020 in a pandemic, 2021 in this new era of television slash MCU, you know, hugest blockbuster movies of all time, you know, that sort of thing. Because, you know, like, um, I don't know if any of you guys got to watch the assembled documentary that, that showed up um, very recently about the creation of WandaVision. They actually filmed that first episode in front of a live studio audience. And we knew this because of the laugh track and all that sort of stuff. But they went back and filmed it with as close to real 1950s technology as they possibly could. And that to me is an experiment in television creation that is not seen with today. I mean, you watch something like Queen's Gambit and, and it's still a miniseries and it's still hyper-focused on their, um, on her life story and all that sort of stuff, but it's made with all the new techniques, right? That was the same thing, but made with, 1950s 1960s techniques and that i really appreciate but i believe like i'm in a minority of that right maybe you three you other two are are there with me but we're certainly not the majority of the people um looking to watch this show as the first mcu thing back from um whatever the last thing was spider-man 2 yeah. The, the the thing is, you know, you, ha- you kind of have these groups of people and then there's so there's the people who are, would be more casual fans mm-hmm. who are watching it and confused and like, why mm-hmm. is this what this is? Because they're not in on all of the like press releases and, and all that kind of thing. And and that's again, that that's fine because that is, um, you know, they're what they've how they chose to interact with this art. And, and it's fun because you get to have conversations with them about, you know, what they're thinking and like, well, you know, okay, you're confused. And, and especially at the beginning, it's okay. You're supposed to be confused, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then you have the, the kind of the, the super detail fans who are, yeah, they're diving in and, and digging in to, to all of the, you know, the hidden messages and, and the things that may or may not have been there. Um, and I, th- I think whatever way you interact with this show, um, hopefully you're having fun with it. I just feel like the, f- the fan, the, that second fan group I was talking about, I feel like a lot of them ended up, they had fun with it as it was going along. But then when the answers came, um, it wasn't as fun because the answer was, yep, it's not your theory. And, and, and the, the people have theories like, yes, Agatha is the bad guy and they're going to fight at the end. Those people, <laughs> they're like, yay me, you know, but, um, that's why Samantha gets to keep her quarter. Yeah, it's true. On the other yeah. hand, uh, Wanda in in many ways is also an antagonist in the series too, but she realizes what she's done wrong and she fixes that very quickly or as, 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 as quickly as she can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that this story 
applies to, or you can, uh, you can apply that antagonist protagonist thing to this story. I mean, she's her own worst enemy, really. Yeah. Oh, uh, just putting this in here, the episode name for the season finale for the show is the series finale. I'm looking at the Disney Plus website right now. and yeah. Oh, was it yeah. really the series finale? Yeah. But it does go back to my point then. I feel like this is the series finale. I mean, where, where are they going to go with this, you know? Not unless you're in England, because in England, what we would think of as a season is a series or, or is called a series. I do. I mean, don't they have many runs in comic books all the time? Wasn't this or wasn't the original material that this was kind of based off just a limited run anyway? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, where Vision is at the end of this, they could, you know, it's not like we don't have a vision in the world now. You know, but we're talking about Wanda Vision is the title of this show. And if, if Vision was dead, we were kind of expecting it to be something where it's, okay, it's it's done. But, um, but yeah, here we look at it, and now we have this other Vision in the world. Let's talk about him. Um, and he is the ship of Theses. Theses? Theseus? Is it Theseus? I, I think Theseus. it is. He says Theseus. Yeah, yeah. And so the ship of Theseus is this great thing, and... I love this. I've, I've heard of this before. And so when they start talking about this philosophical idea, um, because this also comes up in science fiction with like a person who's been uh, transplanted into a robot's body, you know, or, um, you know, the, the well, enterprise even yeah. like when you're looking at the enterprise from the TV show and it's been, it goes through all these reboots and into the first movie, is it the same ship? Or even when you, I mean, the reason Bones hates being transported is because you deconstruct all the molecules and put them all back together again. Did you do it the right way? Could you? I mean, it, when you start breaking it down, that's a very good philosophical question. It, it really is. And, and it's fun to play with. I mean, obviously, we're not looking at anything with our own bodies that are quite like that, um, you know people have like replacement legs or, you know, my dad has, has, uh, replaced his, both of his knees, you know, but we're not asking the question, is he still my dad? You know, he <laughs> fundamentally yeah. is still my dad, but then you look um, at, well, it's just, well, every, um, in a way, yes, actually, because it takes seven years for the body to replace every single cell in, in, in itself. So every, every seven years, we're literally a new person than the previous seven years. Um, it doesn't happen right away. Some cells are replaced faster than others, but uh, I think with with the bone tissue and the bone cells, yes, it takes seven years to replace all of those. And and no one would say, you know, you're not you. Although then right. it's also the whole the whole river idea, where the water is flowing through this river, and basically the idea is that um, we are like a river. We are not the same from moment to moment. And so even this conversation is changing us into something different. Um, but the, the question would be, again, is it still the same me that was a moment ago? And, and I would say fundamentally, yes. Right. Yeah. But with the science fiction thrown in, is that vision 
made of the same parts, powered by something different and given memories by something else is that vision. As long as it's voiced by Paul Bettany. <laughs> but that's kind of, I mean, I make a joke out of it, but that's kind of the point. If they voice them by somebody else, it's no longer vision. That's true. Um, I am pleased that um, the conflict between the in-universe vision and the new white vision was resolved peacefully. I think that was the only way they could go in that direction. And that is very true to Vision's nature. He he tries to resolve things peacefully if possible. And he, what did, he, what did he say in what did he say in Civil War? I have uh, what did he say? What was his lines? I don't know. He he has some of the best lines though. Like I Yeah. I really appreciate the character of Vision. Um and it's been nice because clearly we have three different vision characters that we're, we're meeting here, but they all have that same heart, you know, and they all have that same kind of uh, innocent wisdom. Right. And I also appreciate that white visions, original memories were restored. He may not have the exact same personality. He may not have the emotion that he had before, but at least now he remembers his relationship with Wanda and hopefully in some way, I, I don't know if they're going to continue to have a romantic relationship from this point on, but at least he can remember that and remember being with the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. That is something interesting that comes up in a lot of these kind of shows though, where they're like, the, are these memories mine? You know, and what do I do with them? You know, and, and there there's, so just like, you know, remember Deathlock, uh, in, in agents of shield where we're just like, yeah. man, I wish we could watch the show of him walking the land you know, and writing right. wrongs. Uh, man, I wish we could watch the show of that vision going out and, and discovering himself and learning about himself. Well, I, I gotta think that they don't, that they would not have introduced him going back to, you know, Feige's big plan, right? They're not going to introduce him to just have him walk to earth. Um, you know, he's going to come back at some point. Maybe. I mean, they've, yes, they've introduced him, but it's quite possible that we won't see him again. And well, Paul Bettany still needs work. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say it's okay though. It's okay with me to have these, these characters who are not primary characters who are just out there and we get to imagine and think about it. And, and especially with this vision, we get to think about like, what, what would he do? Where would he go? We didn't get the post credit with him. We got it with Wanda, which deservedly. So it was her show. And we can, he can show up whenever they need to, you know, not necessarily, all the time, but if there's a story that comes around that's a good vision story to have him in there and you can weave him in, they will absolutely do that. That's the great thing about, you know, Feige having control over both the quote unquote television and quote unquote movie universe. Yeah. So anything else about vision? I mean, 
what more can we say that we haven't already other than variations on the theme? But yeah, I, I love he wanted to resolve things peacefully. He couldn't because the other vision had a directive, but then they talked about the directive <laughs> and it's like, oh, I need more information. And so let's talk about it. And I so just, I, I loved the conclusion to their conflict. Uh, I, I did have one more thing about vision. Um, if they don't continue with the white vision in the future, it would be like that. Oh, what was that character's name? There was one character on happy days that he went upstairs to do something. And that was the last oh, time he was seen. Richie's older yeah. brother. Yeah. In the, last, in the last, in the first episode. Yeah. So I feel like that if they don't ut- utilize white vision, they're going to be doing the same thing to the character. And then after they do that, they're going to have um, Captain Rogers come back and he's going to put on a leather vest and some cowboy boots and then get on some skis and go water skiing. And then there's going to be a shark and he's actually going to jump it. The MCU has not yet jumped the, the shark. So we're, no, we're not worried about that. No. Uh, but here's here's the thing. There are characters and character arcs in the MCU that have not been um, returned to. And, and that's okay because it's big and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces and we want to see new characters too. And, and there's characters that we didn't know we wanted to see more of. I'm thinking specifically of Jimmy Woo. You know, we knew that we liked Jimmy Woo. We, oh, he's cool in Ant-Man. Okay. Oh, he came back in Ant-Man too. That's fun. Oh, he's in WandaVision. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And so, Randall Park's very talented, and I think it's it, it is wise to have him return. Well, and Paul Bettany's also very talented, and yeah. has shown that he he can put the put the chops together. So I'm sure that there is a story brewing in somebody's head somewhere, and that person is going to cross paths with with Kevin Feige, and he's going to be like, "I've got a story for you," and Feige's like, "Here." I got a mouse with a bunch of money. Let's go. Yes. I'm very excited to see what happens with Senior Scratchy. That's another character that we we just never saw the end of it. Like, where'd he go? What'd he do? We know he's not Mephisto, but... Or is he? See, (laughs) that's the thing, right? Until they say that it's not, let's talk about the Darkhold next. Until they say that it's not, it is. Uh, it's it's Schrodinger's uh, fan theory, really. So. Until they yeah. until they say your fan theory is wrong, it's not wrong. I think I did read somewhere. I cannot remember where that. Them. Okay. Oh yeah, here it is. It's it's in the spoilers uh, section of the trivia on IMDb for this episode. It says the finale originally featured an extended sequence in which Monica, Darcy, Billy, Tommy, and Ralph tried to steal the Darkhold from Agatha's basement and are chased by Agatha's pet rabbit, Senior Scratchy, who metamorphizes into a demon. The scene was filmed, but the VFX were never completed as the sequence caused pacing issues in the finale. I mean, that's a deleted scene. And I'm glad it's not there. Yeah, which is not canon, but it's that deleted scene is somewhere. Yeah, but again, it's not canon, so it's right. better that it's and, and it and I don't like that at all because, 
well, you know, who am I to decide? But what's nice about the way this ended is it's all focused on Wanda. She has the power to 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 release all the people. She has the power to to keep them all enslaved, and she chooses chooses, which is the huge word there, chooses to let them all go. Except except Agnes, which I do believe we're going to see Agnes again. Yeah, although they've put her in a place where if we don't see her again, it's okay. She was taken care of, and thematically it fit nicely. Although it is interesting, uh, again, back to Strangers and Aliens, one of my co-hosts talked about how, hey, yeah, he. so she did this terrible thing where she took everyone's free will away. And what does she do with Agatha? Take her free will away. Yeah, but it, it was justice because she was going to hurt people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And what I like about what she did was actually she yeah she took her free will away on the other hand she did it she didn't kill her and what she do, did was actually very kind so instead of killing her she put her under a spell to make her personality change and she put her in this little pocket universe that we have here uh but again it's one of those things where you look at it and say to yourself okay so is this not the same as murder she destroyed uh, not I, I wouldn't say murder killing let's let's say that uh she did not kill the body but she did kill the the person the personage as far as we know i mean because in the second after credit um sequence you can hear wanda's boys crying out for help from from her which means if they're in that little bubble universe with agatha then it's possible that Agatha got out from that spell. Is there a bubble universe? I think it's a bubble I, universe. I thought it was destroyed. I thought that she was left in the town in her other form. This, it's this, a, this sitcom Agatha. The but, way on Doc, it would be explained on Doctor Who is it, it's a bubble universe where the door is closed to that universe. And it may only be opened again by Wanda. Okay. But that's, that's not, not that's I, not given to us by the show, though. Right. The, but, the way I read but it was... But still, the boys call out to her in that after credit sequence. Yeah, and we'll talk about that, because I don't know what that means. I read it as uh, Agnes has been... her Has had her mind altered, very similar to the way that uh, Tony had her mind... Had his mind um, altered by Wanda in Ultron. Well, I read it as... Ag- Ag- Agatha had her mind altered the way everyone else in town had their minds altered. And right. it, was, it was just now she's stuck with that altered mind, whereas everyone else has been returned to normal. Mm-hmm. So pocket universe or not, she's, she's not who she was. And that again, what's, is that the same or not as, as killing? She's, cause one person to cease to exist possibly even though the body still exists with a mind in it well what's interesting about that is do we call that person a hero which person you mean we wanda yeah i mean is the scarlet witch is wanda maximoff a hero she's the hero with this story but is she a hero like 
say, Captain Rod, like Captain America? Or is she a hero like, say, the Punisher? Who we By don't, way, well, who I don't say is, I would say is not a hero. Right. It, it, let's be honest. She's in the middle of some of one of those because those are the two extremes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing with this show is she defeated a bad guy. Yes. But she was, the, you know, we say it was Agatha all along, but it was also Wanda all along. Like Agatha was kind of egging things on from within, but Wanda created it and Wanda took away the free will of all of those people. And, and when the dust settled, you know, Wanda's victory was against yes, Agatha, but Wanda's victory is also against herself. Okay. I have a question about that. Okay. Do we think that she was like, her mind was written over or just sort of like saved somewhere else. Cause I got the feeling that they, they set it up to be Wanda's going to need to go back and get some teaching from somebody. And Agatha is this very experienced, very experienced witch. So I could totally see a situation where where Wanda needs to go back and learn how to be a witch. She knows where a witch is, so she can like save her, you know, pull up the save file of Agatha's mind. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, it's just it's just a matter right now of um, we have to wait and see if they're even going to bring her back, and. Again, the the question is, you know, is Wanda, did she do a good thing here? And yes, she saved people's lives. Okay. No, I don't believe she did. But I think she, I think she is actually being a little selfish with Agatha. Because she said, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to put you right where I can find you so I know where you are next time. And when the time comes, I'm going to come get you again. Because I'm going to need you to to do this. Wanda's actually a very selfish character. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's it She's was the explosion of grief character. that happened here. Yeah. That, that mm-hmm. she would never have done this on purpose. But no, and and the moment she realized that she was hurting people, she she fixed it. She did the best she could to fix it. Yeah. Now. To save these people from being traumatized, that's another issue. And it just kind of left it, you know, like they, they, uh, we, we don't get any resolution with the townspeople. Now, hopefully, uh, maybe there's a crisis trauma team coming in to help them and help them deal with, uh, you know, they already dealt with a blip. And and so maybe there's some some counselors who are ready to to jump in with this kind I of gotta issue. Think, I got to think there's a non-zero sum of people who were blipped and then had this like a week later, and they're just like, "Come on, guys, what's, <laughs> what do I got to do? I w- I was blipped for five years. I came back. I'm just trying to get my life together. Must." Do Wanda 
Thanks. <laughs> yeah, poor people. That's the story I want to see. <laughs> poor guy just sitting there trying to eat Cheetos. Not happening. No, not no, happening. Not happening because Cheetos weren't invented when Dick Van Dyke was on. No, yeah. they'll they'll be sitting there eating popcorn or something. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about Agatha. We've talked about Vision. We've talked about fake Pietro. Um, let's talk about Jimmy <laughs> and how authority looks good on him and different guy than we saw in Ant-Man. Different he guy. Deserved. Yeah, I, I really like how we've seen more of him and we missed it in an earlier episode, I think episode four, um, where he, Monica and Darcy make an escape from the camp. He initializes, uh, when they're surrounded by this, the, um, shield mem- uh, members, he initializes the fight to get them out of there. And it's Monica that follows suit, but then she has this look on her face, like, wait, I- I'm fighting here and I'm taking these people down easily. So and she has this, this look of confusion, and we ha- didn't talk about that. But yeah, he's he's very much a man of his own, and and he he can do stuff. He's not just there for comic relief in the Ant Man movies. He was definitely here to move some plot pieces, but also for comic relief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He did the flourish uh, when he stole the phone, <laughs> and uh, he did the the bluff with the they'll be here within the hour, and then he calls his friend, "Can you be here within the hour?" <laughs> Which was good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't you tell me, didn't you tell us, Ben, us being all of the listeners, that you read something about the creators were told to have Kat Dennings and Randall Park in as their respective characters? Yes. Yes, I did read that. So you don't do that. I mean, that's a calculated move. You don't do that unless you have a plan. But there's a new Ant-Man movie coming. So, you know, we know that. I yeah, can totally yeah. see him being in that. Well, and apparently also... sword is going to be a, a, a big part of things coming, going forward. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so y- you can definitely see they're putting pieces on the board. You don't use necessarily every pawn you put on the board um, when you get ready to play chess, but the pawns are there now to be moved around as needed. And, and Darcy is there. She is probably a little less in demand than Natalie Portman and probably easier to get on smaller things like this. And so, yeah, we've got Darcy and she just takes off. She just disappears. You want to talk about walking up the stairs? She's just gone. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And the only real character arc we got from her is she's now a doctor. She's no longer an intern. But that was even before the show started. Like her character arc here was she was sassy at the beginning and she was sassy with a truck at the end. Yeah. She was the sassy best friend of the series. She kind of was. Yeah. She kind of was. And she and not, wore it well. Yeah. And, she, and not Monica, uh, which, yeah, I do want to talk about. Monica. Was she, was she broke? Cause she sound, no, she's probably not broke. No, she's a astrophysicist. She, she has a doctorate. So. so yes, she's broke because she has. <laughs> That's true. Unless she got a good, good government contract. I mean, she's, she got a good government contract for this one. Um, I'm sure she's going to definitely demand that she get paid, even though she left before they had a chance to really debrief her. Um, but debriefings are for the week. As she said, do we think we're going to see her in Thor? What is it? Love and thunder. 
I don't know if we'll see her in Thor, but we are. I, I think there's just as much chance to see her again as there is to see Jimmy again and to see the white vision again. And again, these pieces were brought back, you say, for a reason. We just don't know what. What is the reason? Right. And she does not strictly have to show up in the next Thor movie. I mean, she could show up, I don't know, in the next um, Captain Marvel movie. She And because she knows Monica now, or she could show up in the next Ant-Man movie because she now knows uh, Jimmy Woo. And we do know that she, she was not blipped. So there is, there is a, uh, um, storytelling elements for that too. Right. Because she got her doctorate. Right. But there's books where she's that are officially MCU tie in books. Oh, okay. The Cosmic Quest or whatever. They're YA books. But we also, she could show up in Doctor Strange as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she she knows Wanda. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? She's she's also, you know, kind of get a little meta. She's Kat Dennings, right? So she's a rising starlet who uh, Marvel would be stupid not to capitalize on. So throw her wherever you want. Yeah. Uh, okay, we, so that's Darcy and Jimmy. Um, you want to go to Monica now? Yeah. I think Monica was a star of the show. I, I mean, not Monica- like. Go ahead. I mean, not the star of the show because that's obviously Wanda, but Monica was a a a light unto the show that was very awesome. I think Wanda could have not been in the show, and we wouldn't have noticed that she was missing. Wanda? Wanda? No, I'm not, not Wanda, Monica. Monica, yeah, and that's that's my big complaint, is that, I mean, aside from her getting her powers, she really did not have an arc. She was the same person at the beginning of the series as the end, except she now has powers. And that's, yeah, it's an arc, but she had no real emotional or mental arc. No, she was there really to be the voice of reason. Uh, right. And she was there to move things forward on the outside. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're you're right. There, there wasn't change to her character. I think she was an important character when all is said and done. But it really could have, the show could have gone the way it did. And, and you know, Darcy could have done some of the stuff that she needed to have happen on the outside. Um, they were definitely creating her and setting her up for something else. Yeah, as Which, shown by the the first the first post credit. Yeah, and the only reason I think that they may have added her in was because they may have realized, oh, we don't really have any major black characters. So, or maybe they just I, I don't know, but I, I just felt like, yeah, I agree. There was just no real reason to have her in the series. It would have it would have been the same without her. I. I, I truly believe, though, that this was, hey, let's set this thing up. She's got powers. Here's my thought on Monaco. She is a, this is act one of her, of her arc. Not necessarily in the show, but her arc. Kind of like, well, kind of like Spider-Man in Civil War, although he did have more growth, I guess, than she did. In Civil War? Yeah. I guess oh, it's been a like while since I've seen it. Up? Yeah. 
Yeah, setting. Yeah, he was in Civil War. That's that's where no, but Tom I, Holland made his de- debut in the MCU. I don't know if I would say there is growth in Civil War for the character. Right, but I think what he's saying is this is the character's introduction to the MCU. Right. And, yeah. And in Civil War, Tom Holland's Spider-Man did not have a super big arc. There might have been a little one where he started out, whatever, but really he was just under ruse, right? In the end, showing, okay, now Tony's given me a new suit, whatever, I'll go be in my own movie now. That's kind of the way I feel about what what's her name? Photon? Photonic? Photonic or uh, something like that. Here, here's the thing. I do think that there was a. It may have been a small arc, but there was an arc to her, and part of it was to reflect the grief that mm-hmm. Wanda had. You know, she her introduction obviously was you know when we see her get pulled in and she's she's in there, but when we go into the flashback stuff, where she wakes up from her blip. And then now she's in a whole new world. And now what is she driven by? You know, all of those things, kind of putting those pieces together. Um, there was there was a, there was some growth. There was some movement for the character. And we do get it's not just the origin story of the powers, but we we get the origin story of you know what's kind of driving her at sword. Yeah. Um, and her motivation. Yeah. You know what what she says it right there. I'm not sure I would have done anything different if I if I had your power and could have done the things you do. I'm not sure I would have done anything different. It's true, but I just I really wish they could have utilized her more in the series because I think she's yeah. a fantastic character, and I just would have loved to have seen more. And fortunately, this is the MCU, so um, we do have a chance to see her more of her in the future. I'm uh, I'm hoping that in the next uh, Captain Marvel movie that she will be a very active participant in that film. I feel like she's, she'll be there. uh, Yeah. (laughs) She'll be, but I'm being like being very integral to the plot and not just, you know, a character that could have been, you know, easily edited out in the end. The, the problem that I'm seeing that, that Marvel Disney is going to have to overcome with all of these future projects is they're very, very crowded. And, you know, they're talking about casting and they're talking about how in Captain Marvel two, we're going to see Ms. Marvel and we're going to see um, Monica and, you know, there's going to be other characters I'm sure. And it just feels like, okay, we're getting crowded here and there's going to be a lot going on with a lot of faces and the same with the Spider-Man movie and, you know, these, these things where that was the big complaint when they were talking about, oh, four villains in Batman and Robin, you know, like that was the complaint. Oh, we have Batman, Robin and Batgirl. That's just too much. We can't we just yeah, focus but, on one hero, one yeah, villain. Yeah, but that was not done nearly as well as, as the Avengers. But <laughs> what I'm saying is like, that was the big complaint is so many characters. And when you have a two hour movie two hour and 15 minute movie and you have eight characters that you're focusing on there, there's a, there's a real danger there of not anyone getting the, the spotlight time that they, that they need. I mean, we had how much time with, uh, with WandaVision six hours and Monica still feels underserved. 
You know, that is a huge advantage to having the MCU MCU is because you can bring a character in for a very small part in one project and then move them over to their own story and then get a full character arc. Like a really great example is in Jessica Jones that um, uh, Luke Cage had a part. Now, he had a big part to play in that ser- in that first season, but he also went off and did his Again, own we're series. talking about nine hours, though. Uh, there was room yeah. for that. Yeah. And uh, Avengers worked. It did. And Civil War worked. But Civil War worked because it was about Steve and Tony. And everyone else was just kind of, you know, in, in the background. And they had their moments. But that was what it was. It was like the Star Trek movies where every character gets a moment. But Kirk and Spock are the ones who are doing everything. Right. Don't forget bones. Bones sometimes in the movies. Yeah. Do you think this show would have been better served? Not us, the fans. The show would have been better served being longer. Yeah, I, I do. Maybe one more episode, or maybe a little bit longer episodes in the, the at the end here. It just there was a lot going on in this last episode. Um, but then again, it's just, it's hard to stick that landing. You know, it just, just because you have more time doesn't mean it's going to be better. It just means it's going to be more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking about both sides of my mouth right now. Too many characters, not enough time, not enough time, too much stuff going on. I don't know. I, I, you're right about sticking the landing, right? It takes a really good creative team to come up with a a really satisfying finale to a show, right? Even if it's only eight episodes and even if it's, you know, build a sort of a limited series or whatever. Um, I do think, again, it's that experimental type of, of filmmaking, television making, you know, do you do you sacrifice this really awesome experiment of filming in front of a live studio audience in the first episode to give us a you know a little bit extra in the last episode? And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you know time and money had to had to play a part in that. So I don't know. I feel like there is there was definitely some room for expanding some of it, but again. It's Wanda's grief story. I don't know how much we want to sit in that. That's that's just it. Is if we were going to have more time, I think it would be more time to be on the other side of the grief story and to be, you know, maybe have more time with Vision and Wanda sorting through what's going on instead of, you know, but we have the satisfying ending of turning off the lights for the kids room um, and then going and, and just being in the living room together until the, the pocket universe closed in on itself and was gone forever. And we, we had the, there were some nice moments and there was some good dialogue talking about who am I? What am I? What was I? And Wanda saying, you know, you, you were my love. You were my, you know, what's left of the mind stone and, and blah, blah, blah. And um, there's, there's some good moments there. If we had more time, I, I would want them to use it for more of that. And, and more of the idea of um, 
uh, and this, this is a line that I used in, um, the finale of, of the Oz Wonderland Chronicles that I wrote where there's all these, it's actually somewhat similar to WandaVision. Like, I, you know, if, if I was the type, I could make the case that they stole it from my book, you know, but I'm not the type and they didn't, but, um, where at the end, Dorothy looks at Alice and Alice says, are you okay? When they've gone through this huge emotional thing having to do with her losing some of her family and things like that. And, and then they went through the adventure, you know, and, and the idea at the end of that book was, no, I'm not okay, but I will be, you know, and just recognizing that going through an adventure doesn't mean okay, boom, we went through this adventure. We had the big fight, the big climax. And now all the things that were wrong are okay. Roll credits. You know, that's just not the way it is. And that's not what they did here with this show. Um, and, and I appreciate that. But if they had more time, I would, hope, a- I would want them to spend more time with that. Not sitting in the grief, but moving forward with the grief. So you're saying maybe five or ten minutes more? I guess so. Maybe. I mean, in a screenplay, it wouldn't be that yeah. much longer. There's a lot on the cutting room floor, from what I understand, um, because they were finishing this during COVID. And so there were certain things they couldn't go back and redo. And so there was some stuff where, like that scene with Senior Scratchy, they just had to let it go. Let it go. Even though it would have spotlighted maybe a little bit more of like Monica's powers or whatever. So what's interesting is, again, we were supposed to have Black Widow first. Um, then we were supposed to go into uh, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. And then this was supposed to happen. So this was supposed to be th- third, right? And it was going to – I think we were saying it was going to immediately lead us into uh, Doctor Strange, right? So the setup at the end – with her being, you know, whatever she's being would immediately lead us into Dr. Strange. And this, this teases what's going to happen, but not much. (laughs) All we know is there's some trouble somewhere and she's been reading the dark hold. Is she, is that the actual book she's reading? Yeah, they do name it the dark, the dark hold. In no, this I know they. I know Agnes calls it the dark hold. I didn't yeah. know that that's what the book she was. That's the book yeah, she's yeah, reading it is. at the end. Yeah, because that's the same okay. cover. It is. Yeah. Speaking of, well, it's it's not the same cover from. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they asked the, this question to two different people. One was the showrunner. One was um, someone else. I can't remember who it was. Um, and one of them said, "Yeah, it's." I didn't watch Agents of Shield, but. You know, it's the dark world, so it's the same. <laughs> and the other one was like, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's the same. So <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, is, Agents of Shield is not an important piece of canon for them moving forward. I mean, they, they didn't they yeah. the people making WandaVision, they didn't even mention uh, Runaways. You know, that this book was in, in Runaways or... Um, yeah, it, it was uh, <laughs> kind of funny in, in some regards, and in other regards, it was a little disappointing. Uh, a lot of articles that I'm seeing about this are talking about how, you know, fans are upset 
because of the love that's not being given to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I I wouldn't say I'm upset, but it is a, a little disappointing that just, just to know the thing that we invested so much of ourselves into, um, you know, watching and, and being a, a fan of and that kind of thing, it, it really is not an important piece to the people who are in charge. And yeah, now, nothing has happened so far to wipe away the connection of the book like this could be the same book because it just means agatha got it from whoever had it last you know and um gabriel luna who played ghost rider um he quoted he, he said something like boy it looks like hiding this under my bed wasn't a good place to hide it you know he found it you know that kind of thing so um <laughs> Well, in order, the last person to have it was, um, I'm not going to give away the character because it's a bit of a spoiler, but it was a character in Runaways. So in the MCU, if you want to include Runaways as canon or not, that's what it, that's where it was last And seen. so far, I still do consider, like me personally, I consider everything that we've gotten as canon. And, you know, there, there's talk about Netflix isn't canon. Well... It is right now still, you know, it's Schrodinger's canon, you know, until they say it's not the one place where you just have to do some mental yeah. gymnastics with that is the, the last two seasons of, of agents of shield, which were so, so good, but obviously don't fit the prime timeline of the MCU movies. And until Kevin Feige comes out and says, Come on, guys. No. Anything on Netflix, anything Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Inhumans, um, you know, uh, uh, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, all of that's not canon anymore. We're going to rebrand that as MCU Legends. He, he um, wouldn't go on record you know, for or against Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, there... No, it's it's fun to see that people are, are asking about it. It's fun to see that the, the showrunner of WandaVision is getting pinned down by journalists about the dark hold from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, it's it's fun to see. Um, but, you know, it, it's clear you follow the money, you follow the money. And, and where's the money right now? It's Disney Plus for sure, for sure. Um, but they haven't erased S.H.I.E.L.D. They haven't said, OK, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. This is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is. And this is a different version of what you saw, you know, um, Spider-Man far from home shield was involved and it was okay because you know what? It, it fit in with what was going on. So anyway, that's how I'm feeling. It, it'll be interesting to see like how that plays out in 10 years. You know, if in 10 years we're still having these conversations about, well, 20 years ago, this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Man, you know, if you think about it, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> like, what's what's the best possible scenario here? Should it be going for another 20 years? I think sooner or later, somebody has to come out and say very similar to what they did with the Star Wars stuff. Right. You know, because Lucas was kind of blase about whether or not the books were canon or not canon or whatever. And sooner or later, they're probably going to get bogged down in, you know, uh, 
this question of whether or not the Netflix stuff is canon, you know, the TV stuff and all that sort of stuff. And so sooner or later, somebody's going to come out and say, okay, movies, yes. First couple of seasons of Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D., yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. At some point, they have to close the door, turn off the lights, and let it close in. And push into the to the to Sam Malone saying, "Well, I was I was referring more to this season finale, where, oh, where yeah. Wanda was letting it all kind of close down." But, um, but yeah, yeah. You know, I was just thinking they don't have to cut ties as the Netflix series being MCU because they were a lot of that stuff. Didn't that a lot of that most of that stuff or all of that stuff happened before Infinity War? All of that stuff did. Okay, yes. Yeah. So that, that means did. that that's you know how uh, how Tony Stark was talking to Peter Parker about being street level superhero. They're the true street level superheroes in the MCU, and y- their stories can be absolutely separate from the Avengers, and that's okay. And they were and, they yeah. they definitely were they were in their own corner of the world, so to speak, and. Yeah, they didn't do anything that affected anything with the Avengers. And so, yeah, they, they can get away with that. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. flew too close to the sun, the sun <laughs> with trying to tie in with, we're going to try and tie in with the timeline. And then, oh, we were horribly wrong. Yeah, But, um, <laughs> but Netflix, the only thing that was going to cause Netflix to not be canon is if they recast Daredevil and ignored the story. You know, that's that's what would happen. Uh, the same with Ghost Rider, where it almost looked like the Ghost Rider series that was going to be on Hulu that never happened. It almost looked like that was going to be a different take on the character, even though it was going to be the same actor. And so the question is, OK, so where which one's canon? You know, which one's MCU? Instead, we only got Hellstrom, which had no ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe or or like one. Um yeah, but let's get back to WandaVision. <laughs> uh, we've talked about all these characters. Uh, we didn't talk about Hayward. I can't remember his name, but he's, he's a typical a bad suit bad guy who gets put in handcuffs at the end. He's a bad guy who bad guys and bad guys. Well, yep, man. Well, not too well because he got caught. Well, he, he fulfilled his role. That's true. That's true. So, you want to talk about Dottie? <laughs> another. Uh, I want to talk about her house. Another troll situation. I have an actually interesting connection to that. Um, Jack Schaefer, who is the writer and uh, executive producer of this show, wrote and uh, directed a independent movie called Timer, which starred one Emma Caulfield and is delightful, I might add. So. That's why she's in this show <laughs> has no other reason for that. Well, but it was an intentional, um, troll misdirect. Yeah. It yeah, was, it it was that was an intentional misdirect where they were kind of hoping that people would say, like you said, Stuart, you don't cast whatever her name. Emma was from yeah. You, you don't cast her without purpose. Well, the purpose was here's a face. Here's a name. And she's not Cleo. 
or Clea from from Doctor Strange, which is what a lot oh, of people thought. Okay. Yeah, a lot huh. of people thought that she she's a magic character who um, was romantically linked with Doctor Strange and had lots of magic power, and um, people were saying this is stealth casting, like this is their. This is where they're going to reveal. And this is going to be our connection to Doctor Strange. This is why Doctor Strange isn't there. It's because she is. And no, that's not what they're doing with the show. <laughs> and You know, I'm, I'm totally okay with this character not being who fans thought she would be. It's just the way that they, they did with Ralph Oner. I know. So... Okay, so most of what we're talking about as far as fan theories, they weren't promised. You know, when they mentioned the astrophysicist, they weren't promising Reed Richards. They weren't promising John Krasinski or whatever his name is from The Office. None of that was a promise. Because there's more than one astrophysicist in in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. They they weren't even promising that they were going to give you an important character with that. It It was the stunt casting. That's the one that I, I'll acknowledge. Yeah, they they put it in there. I don't think they realized quite what people were going to think when they did. Or if they did think that, then maybe they shouldn't have done it. But um, but that was kind of hinting at more than what was going on. Yeah, but yeah. it was. It was just. Whatever his name was, Ralph from Central Casting. He was just another person in the neighborhood. Though I'm wondering, what are they going to do when they bring in the X-Men and, you know, here's this other Pedro. And, oh, by the way, there was another version of a guy with your exact same face they won't. over here they're in not, Westview, not, New Jersey. They're not bringing in that X-Men. That's the thing. Here's, like everyone's expecting it. Oh, so this means because if they did that, then they're talking Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. They're talking Patrick Stewart, Professor X. They're talking um, Ian McKellen for or Michael Fassbender. You know, for uh, Magneto, they're going to reboot all of that. And Quicksilver already exists in the MCU, so Quicksilver is not even going to be a part of the new X Men stuff that they're okay. going to do because. They Hugh Jackman has said, I'm done with the character. And Patrick Stewart, he's getting very old. He has limited jobs, you know, that he's going to do. And he's gonna cost money, you know, and and I, I don't I, I think the well, the main the reason you're looking at here why I could say pretty strongly this is not from the X-Men universe is they're not gonna bring back most of the big names from that universe. And so that means they don't get Professor X or Magneto or or Wolverine without recasting them. So why not just restart fresh? Yeah, I mean, and also with all that comes a huge amount of baggage. Yeah, huge, huge mm-hmm. amount yeah, like, of baggage. How many movies worth of baggage does re you know keeping the X Men as we've seen them before, Brian Singer's X Men in? The MCU cost a ton. My thing is, okay, you have Kat Denning saying they recast Pietro. You have her going, why do you look familiar but not? So you're absolutely right. It was stunt casting, but it didn't serve the story at all. 
right? To my mind, it was, we're going to bring in Robert Downey Jr. because he was Iron Man, not going to bring in Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. You're right, because with uh, Dottie's character, when it's revealed that she's not the antagonist, she was saying, you know, my daughter, she's stuck in her bed. Can you just please let her go? And she became a voice of the people in the town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she did still serve the story. And that was when Wanda realized, oh, I'm hurting these people. I have to let them go. So and while I, the story forward. While I, you know, I, I kind of came to terms with the whole, okay, it's stunt casting, whatever. I would have much rather there been this other sort of like enigma layer. Like I think I said this earlier where instead of it being Ralph Boner, have it be Evan Williams. Cause that's his name, right? Evan Peters. Evan Peters, Ev- yeah. Evan Peters. Evan Peters. Have it be his real life, Evan Peters. And then now we're all going, do they know him? Does Wanda, what, but you know what I mean? Have that be the question, not, who's Ralph Boner? Cause now we're focused on the last name rather than what this did to serve the story. And I feel like it did serve the story because it was, <laughs> it, it was meta enough, you know, and, and he, he did have his place in the story. You know, he was trotted out. He was Ralph back in the, the house. And so she's talking about Ralph and what a bum he is or whatever. And, you know, she's talking about her relationship with Ralph and how he was a tiger in the sack or whatever it was. Um, who knows what she's Ugh. got going on with him. But yeah. She, yeah. he is the one she had available to her. She Now, he looks just like Quicksilver from the movies, from the X-Men movies. But that's what made this the stunt casting work for me. And so, so let me ask you this. Oh, that brings in, up all sorts of issues. I just realized it does, because it does. she so was, it, she was, um, self-aware. She was able to do things in the series. And then she talks about Ralph that way, which brings up all sorts of questions about very disturbing things going on. But it's an evil person doing them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that really upsets me. Here's why. Here's where my, my, my mental gymnastics is falling down. The Russian judge is giving me a good solid three on this whole thing. Wanda recognizes him as Pietro. Why? Agatha made him look like, uh, didn't make him look like Pietro, but made him recognizable as Pietro. So Agatha got into Wanda's mind and was like, no, 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 that's Pietro. Or cast a spell on Ralph that gave the vibe that this is Pietro. Okay. You know, I mean, it was Agatha all along. That was one of the things that definitely was Agatha all along. Wanda did not create Pietro, which we thought she might have, Um, you know, but Wanda did not. It was Agatha all along. So, so Wanda's, so Agatha's, Agatha put sort of like this um, perception filter on Ralph Boner to make him look like something like a Pietro to Wanda. And the joke is to the rest of the world. Oh yeah. That's the guy from the, uh, that's the other Pietro. Mm -hmm. But what that does for us and here's where it serves story, maybe a little bit even more. What it does for us is we look at him and we see a Pietro. 
we see a Quicksilver. So she looks at him and is like, you don't look like my brother, but you're totally kind of acting like my brother right now. I see him and I see my brother. And we look at him and we're like, doesn't look like Aaron. Wow. I can't. Yeah. Uh, doesn't look like the guy yeah. from Avengers Age of Ultron, but we recognize Which, him as Quicksilver because we see him from the movies, from the X-Men movies. Which okay. Denning even 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 says speaks to that. You know, she recast Pietro. Well, I like how we came full circle back to this yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, though uh, I just remembered the remember how I said that don't read uh, the tri- trivia for episode one on IMDb because they give away a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So the spoiler was that they were actually talking with uh, Evan Aaron. What's his name? I forget his name. But Aaron's anyways, they were act- something. Yeah, they were in talks with him to appear in this series. Um but it said in flashback uh, um, sequences, it did not specify that he was going to be, that Pietro was going to be a much more active character. In interviews, in interviews, as they were talking about this, it was, they, they say it was him all along. Like they, they really hadn't considered anyone else. And okay. Um, so flashbacks would have been different, but for this, this portion of the character, yeah. I can get behind the idea that the stunt casting idea with this extra layer of Agatha putting sort of a perception filter on Ralph Boner to be, this is the most time we've ever said that word on this show, to be uh, looking like Quicksilver, to be playing the role of Quicksilver to Wanda. Mm. It's just that it took a lot of mental gymnastics to get there though. That's yeah. the part I'm really struggling with, but I get there. I got it. So hopefully you listener are right there with us. So there's one more character that we really need to talk about. And that's Wanda. Yeah. Oh, there's that's so Wanda. much I want to talk about. There is a lot. And so like, um, I, I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I kind of want to start at the end. I want to start with her costume. Oh, okay. Let's start there then. Okay. So I love this incarnation of her costume. I, one thing I didn't like about the, um, comic book book version was is that deep plunging neckline. And I understand that Elizabeth Olsen had an issue with it. So they changed that to a halter top. Um, and it looks more modest. But she still looks amazing in this costume. And it still has the same feel of what you get in the comic books. That's what I love about it. It's a cool costume. It's a cool concept. Uh, you know, this is a mantle. Like, there's... There's a page about her in the Darkhold. Like, just straight up. Yeah. There's a page about the Scarlet Witch. You are the Scarlet Witch. You created all this just naturally without even trying. You know, she's counting through all the different types of spells that that Wanda did to get to where she was to create this. And she didn't even try. She didn't have any training. And so now the question is, what is she going to be like after she goes through the Darkhold? 
and reads through and studies the Darkhold and gets some of the training that, say, Doctor Strange gets. Mm-hmm. Though I'm wondering if, because what we saw on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was that people who read from the Darkhold become corrupted. So that's a good question. Is she powerful enough to resist that corruption? That's what I'm wondering if she, or is she going to be sort of like this, not even a hero, not exactly an anti-hero, not exactly a villain sort of character. She's just like this kind of gray character going forward. There's four answers about the dark hold that we could get. One is it corrupts her. The other is it doesn't corrupt her because she's so powerful. And then there's answer three and four are they, they don't address it, but it happens one way or the other because, and we're able to fill in the blanks. Oh, it's a dark hold. Dark hold did that because of agents of shield, even though they're not going to refer to agents of shield. So, yeah. Yeah. So it could go either way. Doesn't it change upon who's reading it? The text. Yes. So if it knows that it's being read by the Scarlet Witch, wouldn't it change to be her? Which is, I think, option four that Ben was describing. It would change to be spells because she's a witch. Right. It may change. It may still appear to be spells to another witch, but uh, to an LMD, it's going to appear as as programming ones and zeros. So, which, you know what, a spell is, a, I think it, was it, yeah, this is the series where they were talking about the spell is like programming, right? Or was I, oh, I know, no, that's Runaways I'm thinking of, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, spoiler, there's a but, conversation about spells being like run, like programming. But Agnes even says that in, in this, where, or Agatha even says that in the last episode. She's like, I'll go in and fix your, your spell to make you live here forever. Oops, can't do that. Thanks for all your power. Mm-hmm. So in that, it, in that, it still tracks. But yeah, Wanda is Wanda is obviously the main character of this, and her her arc is the most important out of all of these. And I feel like she got a her resolution to her arc. I mean, grief is a long road and not only did she lose vision, she lost her whole family and then she lost vision again. She's got some work to do. Yeah. She probably needs to go see a good counselor. Really? And instead she's reading the dark hold. Yeah. And, and that's, that's actually an interesting thing. I don't know where they'll go with this because I know that they really wanted to avoid the idea of the the woman who goes mad with grief, you know, and, and they wanted to be careful about how they approach that. So they weren't doing like this, this trope, you know, where um, it, that happens so often. It's not just women, but the, the trope um, that they wanted to avoid specifically was these you know women who go mad with grief and who um, – then become supervillains, you know, and are going to destroy the world because of their grief. And so I'm, I'm curious where they're going to go with this, where she's finding herself and her identity um, by looking into this book of the damned. And it's curious, like where, where are they going to go with this? And is this going to be something where she becomes the bad guy in multiverse of madness 
Or is this going to be something where she's in maybe the inciting incident because she is exploring the multiverse to follow the voices of her children, which I think is where they're going. I think that the idea here is she hears the voice of her children and it may not be her actual children, but it's from a a universe where she envisioned did have those kids. I, I don't know. That just feels like the kind of direction that they would be going with that. But it also could be Agnes, you know, Agatha could have, you know, broken free and sent out the echoes of these kids to distract her or to, um, to manipulate her. Yeah. I, 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 for one, cannot wait to see what happens. That's why I love this universe. There's a part of me that's like, I want to see her be the villain because they talk about her being one of the people who could have destroyed Thanos. Thanos. Uh, there's another part of me that's like, yeah, <laughs> I want her to be good, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, we well, like this character as flawed as she is. We do like her, and that'd be a really interesting sort of turn of events, right? So you have, you know, she's in the second Avengers movie as kind of a villain, but then she gets a rousing hero speech from from uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye and says Clint Barton and says, if you walk out there, you're an Avenger. So then she's an Avenger in Avengers 2.5. And she sides with Captain America because who wouldn't? And then she, she, you know, she, is she a hero in the, the war in Wakanda? Yeah. Yeah, she is. She takes down what's her face from, um, the, the, the Thanos's children. Um, not the ma, I forget her name. But yeah, so she she's a hero. And then to have her be a villain in uh, Multiverse of Madness would be really interesting turn of events. And very comic booky. Yeah, and that's kind of the, her comic book um, timeline. You know, she started off as a villain, became a hero, got involved with Vision, um, issues with the kids being real or not real, and maybe Mephisto made them or maybe not, you know, caused her to, you know, do a powerful, powerful thing that changed the world. And it's kind of bad, but um, yeah, I mean, they I shouldn't say kind of bad. It was really bad when she's no more mutants, but, um, but yeah, the, the point being that she has a similar trajectory in, in the comics as what they could be doing here with her. It's been a long episode here. There's a lot we had to talk about, but uh, it's time now to look at your notes and make sure we didn't miss anything important that you really wanted to talk about. One little thing, and it's just a trivia thing. Okay, so in one division, the house front for Dottie's house is the same. I think it's Murtaugh's house and Lethal Weapon. And both this series and in the Lethal Weapon movies a car is thrown into the house. <laughs> so I think there it's just the, this was just a back lot. Am I correct? I'm, I'm thinking it is. I, I think yeah. I heard that it's a back lot. Somewhere. Yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. So we're not actually throwing a car into someone's house repeatedly. Yeah. Um, go watch the assembled 
the 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 Marvel's assembled WandaVision episode. It's about an hour long. It's a behind the scenes. It's really good. Really good. All right. So that's our final words then. Um I think it's time for us to close this episode down and our next episode will be about Falcon and Winter Soldier and post credit will be about a interesting tidbit of information that some of the promotional material for Falcon and Winter Soldier revealed about a character who was named but never seen in uh, Avengers Endgame, but who is actually an existing character in an earlier movie. And we're, of course, talking about Noob Master 69. <laughs> so we will talk about the, uh, the character's, the character's true identity in our post credit. So anything else you guys wanted to say for our final words before we shut this one down? Thanks guys for listening and let's rock some Falcon Warner Soldier. Yeah. I would like to thank our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey Tassel, Blessed Cheesemaker084, and Julie. Thank you very much. And I just want to say, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. And thank you so much for watching this show with us and excited to watch the next one. But until next time, we have said goodbye to each other before. So it stands to reason. listening to welcome to level seven you've heard from us now we'd love to hear from you you can leave us a voicemail by calling one seven seven five five level seven that's one seven seven five 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 three eight three five seven or send us an email to feedback at welcome to level seven.com just don't forget the seven is spelled out also go to welcome7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven. The seven is spelled out and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and Godspeed. Dot, dot, dot. We will say hello again. All right. Are we ready to talk about Noob Master 69? Yeah. Yeah. I, Do you I, guys need the commercial? No, let's just talk about it. Well, I haven't seen the commercial. Well, you know who the character is, though, right? No. You didn't read the article? No. Read the you article. Know the character? Well, let me just watch the commercial. Okay. Well, no, watch the don't... commercial while we talk about it then. Because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really don't need to, uh, because so, do you remember who Noob Master 69 is from Infinity Wars? He's the guy yeah, who was defeating them at Fortnite okay. and doing so well okay. against them. Defeating yeah. Thor and uh, and Korg, I think. Uh, but Samantha, 
you had a theory that other people have shared that maybe this guy was Deadpool. Right. Yeah. Well, strangely enough, <laughs> they've revealed who he really is and it's in a commercial. So it could be changed out. It could be not canon. Um, but it's actually a character from an existing movie in the MCU. Stuart, have you seen it yet now? Stuart? It's. Yeah. Are you watching it right now? <laughs> yes. I just watched it. Do you recognize who it is? No. Okay. It's the guy from the Apple Bar in Civil, oh, Civil War or Winter okay. Soldier? Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. 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 Well. That's obviously not him. It's different casting. Because here's the thing. That guy <laughs> would never leave Apple to go sell stuff for an Xbox company. Jeez. It is kind of funny when you look at it that way, too. Like you Don't talk to me about Apple employee. Casting. Apple employee working for Windows. Working for <laughs> uh, Microsoft. Yeah. But that's who it was. That's the big reveal. And, and now we know. That, you know and, what? and in this article, they were also talking about this character may show up again in a Deadpool movie, which they said that the next Deadpool movie was going to be set in the MCU. That's what they say. That's what they say, but not until doesn't it comes have to out happen. is that going to be canon. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have, have to happen. To happen. It doesn't have to be in the MCU. It well, can and, be. Okay. But. so And they're not talking about him actually like there's, there's nothing officially revealed where they said he's going to be in a Deadpool movie. What they're saying is Deadpool still could have, cause he said, you know, my cousin gave me the name. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, what if Deadpool is his cousin then, you know, our, our, our fan theory wasn't proven true, but what if Deadpool was his cousin instead, you know, and whatever. It's, it's one of those things again they didn't promise us anything with who this person was and it's just uh, it was a funny joke because just random guy can, keeps beating and keeps playing against them on on Fortnite. that's funny and now they do this which uh, it's funny but it's one of those things also where like where every character is related to every other character in the star wars movies now you know, makes the universe, it's a galaxy far, far away, but it's a really small one when you, when you really look at how many people are related to each other. Um, but this, this situation here is the same kind of thing where it's like that one guy in that one movie is also this other guy in this other movie. Okay. It's funny though. It's funny. And the guy's funny too. So that helps. Yeah. Another theory I saw was, and actually I, I think Tom Hiddleston mentioned this on Twitter and then he took down the tweet and I cannot find a reference to it anywhere, but he can't, he tweeted one day that, yeah, I'm new. Uh, it's Loki. Who's noob master 69. I did not know that he tweeted that, but I do I know sworn there, that, he that saw was a, he said something about it. That was a fan theory. that was going around. Yeah. See, here's the thing though. Anybody could say they're new master 69. That's the thing. Yeah, until it, until it's actually revealed in the MCU, it can be anybody. It's even still at this point. 
And I think that's one of those things. I don't want it to be revealed. I want it to be like this ongoing joke where everybody stands up and is like, I'm new master 69. No, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm new master 69. I threw in a Spartacus reference. You did for the just, culture. Uh, just make sure we knew what we were talking. Yeah. For the culture. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's, that's, that would be the best thing for me. I think everybody should claim to be new master 69. I think it's funny because this guy claiming it doesn't, I mean, who is this guy? He's nobody. Except he's really good at Fortnite. Yeah. So is my five-year-old. It's true. I really well, do like the idea of it. Just, it just being some, you know, just a regular guy, no one with superpowers. Which no is, one with yeah. really close connections to anybody except maybe Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I think that's the end of our episode then. Thanks, you All two. Right. Talk to you later. All right. Night.